What's up, guys? Welcome back to the MMA Meeting. Let's talk with the Weasel Podcast, where we talk all things MMA. First ever live podcast. So, very exciting, very different. Um, the only difference really is that I can see your guys' live chat, but the format is relatively going to be the same. What's up, guys? Yeah, so I'm still going to answer the questions through the community tab, but always feel free to ask questions in the live chat, however you guys want. And a lot have been going on MMA, not really to be honest, you know, only Habib has been the, the major talk in the sport so far, ever, ever since retiring, to be honest, and all higher volume, okay. Is this better? Is this any better? Audio's low, yeah, man, this is why it took a bit of time to, uh, go live because you know a bunch of uh, technical difficulties be the next luke thomas or something but uh -huh, i'm just kidding yeah but just habib that's the entire news about everything uh no face reveal this time we have a sub goal we set a sub goal about weeks ago at two hundred fifty thousand. so i'm just gonna keep to that i might do a face reveal on instagram before i ever do it on uh youtube so yeah but Habib, uh... audio's good. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'll try to get everything done, man. That's why it took a while. Uh, I'm not the most technical savvy when it comes to this kind of stuff. But yeah, man, I'm just super excited about the Habib news. To be honest, that's that's been getting me crazy about everything going on these days. So. What's up, everybody? What's up, man? Habib's not better than Josie Aldo. Uh, I disagree. I disagree. I understand that Josie Aldo had a bunch of uh, legends under his resume and, you know, nine years undefeated, ten years undefeated, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. But... But regarding... Do you guys hear about the Israel Adesanya versus Jan Blachowicz thing? So Israel Adesanya doesn't want to fight Robert Whittaker, apparently. Robert Whittaker actually might indirectly hurt the division so bad because he doesn't actually care to fight for the title. He said it will eventually happen. He said one day down the line, him and Israel Adesanya are going to face each other and fight for the belt. But man, when you miss out on those opportunities, you know how the UFC goes, man. People are going to jump on it, take advantage of the situation, and leapfrog Robert Whittaker one day. So... The audio's still really low. Hey man, I don't know I don't know how else to uh put it up. I put it all the way up. Um so So this is just this is just how we're gonna have to do it. Uh what's up everybody? So yeah man. Israel Adesanya might go up to two hundred and five pounds and fight Jan Blahovich. That is some crazy news. And it's not a gimme fight. A lot of people will just say that Israel Adesanya might just dominate the fight due to his superior striking and take down defense. Jan Blahovich though, has that crazy knockout power that we haven't seen in a very long time. I mean, think about Blahovich's last, what, five fights? His five-fight uh, five win streak right now he's on or something like that? Four-fight win streak? Almost all of them knockouts. And his last knockout before the Luke Rockhold one was literally in 2014 when he TKO'd Elie Latifi with a body kick. 
That's crazy, man. Five, no, six years ago. Six years ago, he knocked out Lir Latifi. And for some reason, man, just knocking out people with the left hook, Israel Adesanya will be able to probably create some distance on Jan Blachowicz very well and stop the takedowns. I do favor him in that kind of fight. And the reason why that might destroy the division, why Whitaker not taking this chance at jumping at the title shot, is because after Adesanya goes and fights Jan Blachowicz, that's only going to draw in John Jones, right? John Jones knows Adesanya's at 205 now. There's no way he's going to escape him. Adesanya's not going to back out of 205, go back to 185 after all the talk with John Jones, obviously. And that fight's going to go down. Whatever happens there, I still do favor Adesanya to beat Jones. I know it's crazy to think about, but I think his takedown defense, because of his distance work and his footwork, as well as his uh, athleticism altogether, it, I think it's enough to stop a lot of what Jones can do with his just initial shots. Now, if Jones ever gets him to the ground, this is an entirely different thing, man. No one at 185 can hold on Adesanya the way Jones can. You all remember was a silver, silver medalist in the Olympics, but man, he's not good at top control, right? It's, it's a bit tough when you think about it like that because Jones is so much more powerful in terms of you know his wrestling and grappling his Brazilian jiu-jitsu is so high level and that is the thing Adesanya has not really fought in the UFC yet at least off the top of my head right he hasn't fought that high level jiu-jitsu fighter with impeccable wrestling I mean that is the big thing man Jones has a uh, reach advantage as well I do lean Adesanya on the striking overall though I don't think Jones can really surprise Adesanya with much and yeah, you are right. Uh, Israel Adesanya, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, when he showed up against Calvin Gastelum, was a bit shocking. I mean, that the the choke he went after uh, Gastelum with, I think he went for a triangle choke one time in his career, very snappy with it. I don't know, man. Yeah, volume is a bit low, guys. I've tried everything. It's all the way up. The gain's all the way up. The volume's all the way up. Um, I'm going to have to probably change it next time. Oh, okay, Mike is pretty good. But yeah, man. I know I'm I know I'm in the minority when I say Jones is going to be Adesanya. I know that. But I don't know. I one thing I have the feeling, number two, I think the striking skills with the athleticism and the distance work. He's a bit better with footwork creating distance than Jones is. Jones is a lot better with posting and using his reach to create that distance. And I think Adesanya is gonna be able to get in on that. You know, he has that heavyweight experience in kickboxing, light heavyweight experience in kickboxing. And it's not something, you know, very foreign when he approaches the striking in that manner. Now, of course, this, uh, the double leg takedown from John Jones isn't the, you know, isn't the most common thing you see in the sport. From him, at least. It's usually in the clinch. And I just don't think Jones can get Adesanya down from the clinch as well. I mean, I've been thinking about this fight for a long time, ever since they had that back and forth for like a whole week. And... I don't know, man. Izzy's Gyno, though, might give him an advantage in that kind of fight. It might level the playing field with uh, Jones when it comes to USADA. No, I'm just kidding. But which fighters are the hardest to be the fans to be a fan of? I hear Tyron Woodley. I hear uh, Colby Covington from some people from the other side of the argument, but. I don't know, man. And did you guys hear Dominic Reyes might be fighting Yuri Prochaska? 
That is right, man. The number one contender in the light heavyweight division might be fighting Prochaska, and this is only Prochaska's what set second fight in the UFC. That is pretty crazy, man. He might fight for the title. Hopefully, if the whole Adesanya and Jan Blachowicz thing doesn't happen and completely destroy that division too. If Prochaska goes and defeats Dominic Reyes, we might just see, we might just see a fighter get to a title shot before Hamza Shemaev does, right? Hamza Shemaev is going to be fighting uh, Leon Edwards, right? And he's probably one or two fights away from a title shot there. Thank you so much for the thank you so much for the donation, man, for the super chat, JJ. I appreciate it so much, man. You guys don't have to donate at all. I I only do this because I like to communicate and see you guys live and stuff like that. We can, it's a lot more engaging for both of us. Figueroa versus Perez prediction. I think Figueroa pretty easily, to be honest. I know he has that uh the cardio disadvantage, a great cardio disadvantage, but man, that power is just something else, man. Intent Chief donated $2. Thank you so much, man. Early Fury and Joshua prediction. I got Fury. Joshua, I, if Joshua can dictate the pace of the fight, he can last all 12 rounds pretty well, to be honest. But I don't think he could do the same thing to Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, to be honest, is the guy that's keeping interest for me in boxing. The Vasily Machenko thing kind of left a sour taste in my mouth for boxing. I've been a boxing fan for a very, very long time. A lot longer than MMA, but... Man, the decisions, I I did think Lopez won, but one judge gave Vasilo Machenko only one round. That's just enough, man. The Tyson Fury thing, now the, the Canelo and Triple G thing, and the, now the Vasilo Machenko thing, the decisions are just really bad, man. Really bad. Jermaine Ball, uh, best boxer in the UFC, and why is it Conor McGregor? Thanks so much for the donation, but uh, yeah, of course it's Conor McGregor, but why is it? I mean, for all of his attributes, for all of his skill in his boxing, pretty much, he was the only guy that can, you know, one of the best uh, competitive boxers for Floyd Mayweather. I understand Floyd's older. He dragged him into the later, uh, later rounds, but he hit him with some shots that nobody thought an MMA fighter could ever do. Right, only Conor McGregor would be able to do something like that in his division. Thank you, Chris Mahoney, for the ten dollars. Your breakdown are the best. You deserve it. Thank you so much, man. Okay, I'm gonna get right to the questions because I know you guys have a lot of them, and we're gonna go right into the first question by Aaron Kumar. I hope I pronounced that right. Who is your guilty pleasure MMA fighter? Someone who is clearly not the greatest, but some aspect of their game really appeals to you. A lot of fighters, um, but Tom Breeze really stands out for me. Tom Breeze has a sniper-like left straight in the southpaw position. Very sneaky, lethal, and smooth Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Super athletic, but sometimes he's on and off. He seems like a perfect gym fighter, to be honest. Like, that's what I get from him, because sometimes he just does not let his hands go. He does not go for the finish like he should. If he just chases the finish like Jorge's doing now, you'll see a lot of knockouts from him, to be honest. But he is definitely one of the top guys for me. Thank you, Spectonymous. Have you ever seen combat, uh, Karate Combat Genesis? I have not. Is that Boss Ruin's uh, organization? I've seen uh, Boss Ruin's Karate organization. That's pretty wild. Um, some really good strikers. I really, really recommend it. 
Let me go to the next question. Uh, I cannot pronounce that name, man. I'm so sorry. Quash Tupinwerger. Hey, Weasel, how do you see this matchup's going now? Prime Anderson Silva versus Prime Machida at 185. I see Anderson winning. Both counterpunchers, counterstrikers, very similar style, very similar style in the way they approach a fight, but Anderson, I think, does things a lot better than Prime Machida. Like, okay, whenever you fight Anderson in that kind of distance waiting game, they can't really get to Anderson that well. I, I understand that's the way a lot of fighters like Nick Diaz tried to win the fight, and guys like Damian Maia and Talos Latis made it drag on for so long, but they never really had many moments against Anderson Silva. Machida is going to look to counter for the most part. That's just how he approaches the fight. But Anderson can mimic a lot of what Machida does, especially with distance work, but apply a lot more techniques and skill and just arts all over the place from boxing is far superior boxing far superior muay thai skills he has a some really good taekwondo skills and wrestling and brazilian jiu-jitsu completely go to his side ultimately just generally looking at the fight i don't see machida really having much success against prime anderson silva i'm so sorry if i miss a bunch of these uh i appreciate all of the the donations but the last one i saw was john Kaw. Garbrandt versus Garbrandt with DJ Fight IQ versus Top Ten Bantamweight. Um, that will take a bit of time. Okay, if Garbrandt had DJ Fight IQ, I'd probably say he'd still be undefeated at Bantamweight. So there's there's an answer for that question. Another one by Jermaine Ball. Any advice for getting better at analyzing fights? Um, I I don't know, man. First of all, you got to be a fan of the sport. Second, you know, martial arts absolutely helps with you understanding every single every single kind of technique from all across the board. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I don't, I don't really have much advice out of that. I just started out of nowhere. You know, I just started with the Amanda Nunes versus Ronda Rousey breakdown, and it kind of just developed from there. I didn't think it would be much, you know, much of anything after that, right? You could see there was a month time between my first and second video, and I don't know, a lot of people I guess liked it. Oh, I am super stoked about Josie Aldo. So Josie Aldo actually put one of my videos in his story on instagram and that had me going for a few days because josie aldo of all time is one of my favorite fighters i've been watching him forever since wec and man yeah i don't like to think about that kind of stuff you know with the frasa hobby thing with the nick diaz thing and you know people talking about my work i try to just eliminate that from my mind and never try to think about it but man about josie aldo that's just something different for me uh then we continue with this question. Uh, War Geishi versus Champ Lawler at 170. So War Geishi is the one before he completely revamped his game to be a lot more methodical with good distance work and all that stuff. Uh, do you think Habib will box Floyd? Thank you for so much for the donation. No, I don't think so. Um, I think Champ Lawler beats Geishi because even though Lawler had that warrior mentality and warrior spirit whenever he fought, anybody he was a lot smarter than geishi a lot smarter and all, and with the with the fight iq he was showcasing a lot better skills with his boxing and his takedown defense in case geishi ever gets desperate out of nowhere you know suffering under that kind of power never going to take down lawler lawler showcased some of the best takedown defense i've ever seen when he was the champ southpaw versus orthodox as well geishi wings punches and covers up whenever he sees punches coming at him and that is just awful against a guy as big and powerful as lawler so i, I have to go with lawler man 
O'Malley versus Cruz. I think it's an easy one for Cruz, right? O'Malley can, you know, O'Malley can cause some problems with some of his creativity, but Cruz has some of the best wrestling from, trans, you know, transition from his striking in bantamweight history. And that is somewhere where I'm pretty much everybody would agree that O'Malley is going to suffer a bit against someone like Cruz. Anybody, to be honest, with really good wrestling. It's a reason why Marab was a huge doubted fight. Or not doubted, but very huge touted fight for uh, O'Malley. And yeah, I don't think he will do anything to Cruz, to be honest. Thank you so much for the donation, Angel Angel Martinez. What's the future of the lightweight division now that Habib is retired for now? Love your content. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, man. Um, I think there's a question later that's going to uh, regard this. But um, the future of the lightweight division has to be a tournament. Not all in one night kind of thing, but almost like what Bellator, I think, did. Just have fights very close in proximity, and you eventually get your champ. So the fights I think should happen are... Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, obviously. I do not think it should be for the title. I know that's not, I know that's what's going to happen, and it doesn't matter what we think. Dana's going to put it for the title because it makes a lot of money. And whoever fights Conor, you know, Conor's probably going to beat Dustin. That's what everybody predicts, at least. Yeah, I think that would be the smartest move business-wise, but I don't want to see that. I want to see Conor versus Dustin. Winner of that fight, whoever wins out of, uh, I would say, Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje versus Dan Hooker, and Michael Chandler versus Paul Felder. Now, the reason why I'm saying Chandler versus Felder and not Chandler versus Tony is for the fact that Chandler's not really proven at that level yet, man. I think Felder is the hardest fight in his entire career. I mean, or at least one of them. I know Eddie Alvarez and him had a war a long time ago, but that wasn't the same kind of Alvarez that fought in the UFC. Alvarez lost his first fight in the UFC, and he had to adjust to, to the organization. He was a war machine in Bellator, and he couldn't fight that same kind of fight in the UFC besides against someone like Geishi, who welcomed it. So I think Felder's a tough fight for Chandler, man. I really do. Charles Oliveira and Tony Ferguson put up such a favorable, you know, exciting fight for the fans. I think everybody will love to see that. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu masters, great strikers from a distance, great boxers for the most part. And who was the other one? Uh, Justin Gaethje and Dan Hooker, obviously, is going to be an absolute war. Dan Hooker will bring that out of Gaethje. You saw a little bit out of Gaethje when he fought Habib. He was winging those punches and stuff. It wasn't like he was trying to go to war against Habib. He was just trying to knock him out to stop the takedowns. It seemed like that was his answer to the takedowns. I'm just going to hurt this guy. Hooker is going to bring that side out of him, man, and I would love to see it. Hooker's a madman. Thank you so much, Everything MMA. Hi, Weasel. It's me, Pump. I can't type on my main account for some reason, but how does Ponzinibbio do against the top 10 in his return, and can he become champion? So Ponzinibbio has been out for a very long time, and how does he do against top 10? I think he beats a lot of them, to be honest. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It'll take a bunch of time to go through that. But, uh, yeah, can he become champ? I think so with the right matchups. I think he's going to be very strong against wrestlers. And that is why he really excels in this division. But then we go to Usman versus Adesanya, 185. I think that's Adesanya very easily. Ferguson versus Yair Rodriguez at 155. Um, Ferguson, pretty easy, right? Yair has good cardio, of course, to keep up with Ferguson for a while, but I think in the fourth and fifth rounds, Ferguson will start to really damage him. Yair is a better striker though, right? He's very smart with his Taekwondo and he's really developed this kind of kicking style 
that's more catered to Muay Thai that you saw against um, Korean Zombie. When you have a Taekwondo fighter learn Muay Thai kicks, it's a very dangerous man. That is a very dangerous person. And I don't think it will matter too much against Ferguson, to be honest, because of the pressure. But, man, that would be a very interesting fight. I'll go with Ferguson, obviously, though. And Colby Covington versus top five lightweights. I think he beats all of them. Besides, Ferguson will be a hard fight for him. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu would really trump a lot, a lot of his ground game. But uh, I think I think Habib and Ferguson might be the only fights that would beat only fighters that would beat Colby Covington. To be honest, I think they will trump his wrestling overall. But ultimately, the strikers of the division are really going to get dealt with. Conor McGregor might have his worst nightmare against Colby Covington. Dustin Poirier might get absolutely dominated on the ground as well. I know he has that jumping guillotine and stuff like that, but yeah. I don't think it's going to matter too much. Thank you so much, Emmett, for the $5. Love your content, Weasel. You're the man. What's your opinion on the MMA breakdown content creators? Any you really recommend? I'm really glad you uh, I'm really glad you asked this question. Um, yes, I will say it. I think BJJ Scout is the best uh, analyst uh, probably ever, like even including some of the fighters that break down fights. I honestly think BJJ Scout is the best. I've always said it for a long time. He's one I've been watching for such a long time, man. Anybody not? Okay. Um, but yeah, I would say BJJ Scout. Jack Slack's really good, of course. Lauren Ken Lawrence Kenshin, I think that's his name. Uh, and Brandon Dorman's really good. There's a lot of good analysts out there, man. A lot of them. Thank you so much for the $10, Baleful Strike. Hey, Weasel, big fan. What do you think about Jan versus Adesanya? I have a feeling that Jan's technical boxing could be a good recipe to catch Adesanya with a counter as long as he doesn't rush in. Yeah, I talked about it earlier in the podcast. I don't think it's going to really get to Adesanya, to be honest. He, Jan's very slow with his boxing. He's very powerful. If he touches you, you're pretty much done. But I don't think he'll be able to catch Adesanya clean. I don't think so. I think Adesanya will be able to keep the distance on him the entire time. A lot of kicks to the body until the leg will neutralize a lot of the boxing from Jan as well. Now, Jan can grab onto him and get into the ground. But Jan's not a great wrestler. He's not a great takedown artist. So... I think that's an easy one for uh, Adesanya. Then we go to the next question by ear regardless. So this is about the lightweight uh, lightweight title picture. But who do I have winning these? That's what I'm going to say here. So I have Connor defeating Dustin Poirier. I think that is... I, th I actually think Connor might actually win the title overall. Now that I think about it. Because I'm going to have Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. I have Dan Hooker versus Justin Gaethje. I'm going to have Paul Felder versus um, Michael Chandler. I think Tony Ferguson beats Charles Oliveira in a very chaotic war of a fight. I think Paul Felder beats Michael Chandler. I think his striking's better overall. I don't think he's going to get tight. I don't think he's going to take it into the ground at all, to be honest. Michael Chandler is very strong with his wrestling, but I have to think about that, to be honest. That's a tough fight. That's actually a really tough fight. But Felder's strong takedown defense, man. He's really been developing it. He's really been developing it for a long time, and you've been seeing it 
We've been seeing it in some of his recent fights. Yeah, the audio guys, I put it all the way up. Um, I don't know how else to uh, address it. I'm so sorry if it's low. I'm really sorry. But um, I'll fix it definitely next time. And I do think that Justin Gagey knocks out Dan Hooker. Like, KO finish. You know, that would be the that would be the most chaotic fight of all of them, the most action-packed fight out of all of the fights in this tournament. At the end of the day, I think Conor McGregor defeats all of them. I think Conor defeats Tony Ferguson. I think he knocks him out. I think he defeats Justin Gaethje relatively easy, and I think he destroys Paul Felder. Thank you, Telly Berry. If all champions had the same size... Who would be the best of all? That's not a fair question, to be honest, because we can see all of the, the smaller fighters being a lot more technical than the bigger fighters, right? And if you just put size on top of them, it's hard to see them lack skill, you know, like decline in their skill and their technical ability. The heavier guys, like in the heavyweight division, they're not as technical. But if you reduce their size, you reduce their power. And you can't really see them being more technical because of it, you know? So it's a hard question to really answer. Um, I'd probably say Habib is retired, so I can't say him. Maybe maybe, maybe Petro Jan? Kamar Usman's right there as well. Kamar Usman, imagine Kamar Usman with a size. Imagine if he was way bigger. That would be a scary fighter to come across. Then we go to the next question, question uh, Carl Lim. Hey, Weasel. You get asked a lot about which fighter in the UFC has the best attributes. But who has the worst of all time and currently? Um, Of all time? I have no idea. But, uh... Okay, worst stand-up. Ben Askren. I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I really don't want to answer this question. Um, Stand-up is probably Ben Askren. Okay, CM Punk. Okay, eliminate CM Punk. That's not fair. I... Uh, that's just not fair. He he he's the guy for all of it. But okay, stand up is Ben Askren. Ground game. The worst ground game. Connor has no. Connor's not any of them. I don't know who would be ground game. Probably Mark Hunt. Yeah, I probably go with Mark Hunt. John Phillips is right there, of course. James Vick. Not nah. oh, Chance James Vick. Yeah, maybe. So, takedown defense is obviously Carlos Condit. Fight IQ, Andre Sukum taught. That is that is an easy one. Chin, Chin is probably James Vick or Luke Rockhold. Or no, uh, Thomas Almeida doesn't have a really good chin either. Um, out of them, I'd probably say James Vick. The worst cardio. Oh, man, that has to be uh, maybe Walt Harris. Shane Carwin, probably. One of those bigger heavyweights, man. I mean, I've seen Walt Harris gas on the first round like multiple times, so I'd probably say him. They would go to, uh, I I'm very sorry if I mispronounce this, Chao Kong Teo. Thoughts on Tony Ferguson's comments about not wanting to hurt Justin Gaethje in their last fight. He said this is an interview. He said this in an interview on Submission Underground. Ah, uh, man, Tony Ferguson's been on something, man. He's just so angry. He's so mad at the world right now. 
And you, you guys see that reaction video in his gym when he was watching Habib and Justin Gaethje? He was, like, calling out Habib. He said, I want to fight Habib. I want to fight Habib. But where is this kind of tenacity to fight Habib, this eager to fight him, outside of that video, really? I mean, everywhere else, he's saying, you know, I'm going to see him one day. He still owes me, what is it, 50 push-ups or whatever he says. But that eagerness that I saw in that video, I don't see that anymore. Anywhere else, to be honest. But he's saying he didn't want to hurt Justin Gaethje, that sounds very delusional. Very, very delusional. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, it's just kind of funny to me to see. Thank you, Jose Cordova Diaz. On a podcast last year, you said if Izzy could beat Whitaker, Romero, Costa, and Jones, he would be the GOAT. Thoughts on this now? Oh, man, he's almost there. <laughs> he beat Whitaker, Romero, and Costa. Can he beat Jones, though? If he beats Jones, he will 100%, 100% be in the conversation for a lot of people. I don't think this. Okay, I'm going to backtrack on that. I don't think this is going to be true. I think he's rivaling guys like GSP. Guys like Habib and guys even like John Jones, if you include the PEDs. But I don't think he would be the greatest of all time. Thank you, uh, Joel Wilson. Why did Geishi not try and take the center of the cage more? Circling on the outside of the fence seems like a bad plan against Habib. He was threatened by the takedown, man. He was very worried about the takedown. He tried to get as close to the cage as possible without crossing the black lines. Right, he knew he he's been saying for the entire time prior to the fight. He said, "I if my back hits the cage, I lose the fight." But what he did was he still backed up. You can't. It's not just I I can't put my back to the cage. It's I cannot back up because Habib one shot from Habib one takedown is going to get you to the cage eventually. Right, one shot into a chain you know chain wrestling position or chain wrestling uh exchange. You know, let's say just in case you defensive takedown, Habib counters it and chain wrestles. Justin Gaethje will get to the cage from the center, right? It'll eventually lead up to the cage. So you have to put Habib on his back. You have to put Habib's back to the cage. Look at what Pat Healy did. Look at what Eli Quinta did in the first round. Conor McGregor did in the first round, even though he kind of got outworked in the footwork there. A lot of people missed that. Habib actually went into Conor's left side to initiate or, let's say, uh, cause the kick to come out. I think he thought it was going to be a punch or something like that, and Habib went out the other direction to escape the cage entirely. That was very smooth by Habib. But you have to pressure him because he's not the same fighter. He doesn't shoot takedowns the same. He doesn't strike the same. And he gets a lot more eager with some of his uh, shot selection from punches to takedowns. Right? Look at the Ally Quinta first round. You guys will 100% see the huge vulnerabilities in Habib's game when he's getting backed up to the cage. So that would have been a lot better for Gaethje. That's why I was saying in my prediction video, Gaethje has to be a lot more aggressive than he's been in his last few fights. Not, not war Gaethje mode, but like what he did to James Vick, kind of, right? Pressuring him, cutting off the cage, and kept his back to the cage, and kept uh, Vick's back to the cage, right? Able to land some big shots, stuff like that. He also stuffed the takedowns from there a lot easier than backing up from the center to the black lines. So I think at the end of the day, 
him backing up toward the cage was just because he was worried about the takedown. It's an entirely different thing when you face Habib. You have an idea in your head of how Habib is going to perform and how he feels in the cage. But when you actually walk in there and the cage door closes, it's an entirely different world, man. Thank you, Crazy HD Vids. Prime Pettis versus Prime Aldo. Um, I'll have to say Prime Aldo. I think the light kicks would do a lot of damage to Pettis entirely. I mean, Pettis comes from that Taekwondo background, and it's been evident, man. If you kick at his legs, he doesn't really he doesn't really throw them the same afterward. He needs to really back up to uh back up to really gauge the distance and gauge where he's going to start throwing his kicks and throw some of his counter punches right uh, jose aldo is also a much better uh boxer entirely right he's not going to get taken to the ground as well thank you sherry you love your content weasel big big fan from australia what are your thoughts on luke thomas as an analyst i think luke thomas is awesome right i've been watching luke thomas even before i made this uh youtube channel or before i made content on this youtube channel Right, I've had this YouTube channel since 2011, but uh, yeah, I've been watching him for a very, very long time, and I think I think Lou Thomas is one of the best out there. I know some people might disagree here and there. I've seen some people not like, not not so much his anal analytical work, but more of his uh, more of his opinions outside of the sport. Right, and I th I think it's a important thing to really separate the two, and if you do, I really think people would understand how good of a analyst Luke Thomas is. So we go to Ander here. Thoughts on the fight between uh, a guy who wants to fight everybody versus a guy who wants to fight no one. Shemaya versus Edwards. That's a funny way to put it. Um, it's, it's a very interesting question because for the longest time, Nate Diaz said it, man. Nate Diaz is the one that put it out there. How can we make money when we have guys like Don Cerrone I know I don't know if he was pointing to Donald Cerrone, but Cerrone was like fighting at that time. Yeah, I think it was fighting Conor McGregor when Nate said this, or it was sometime around there. I might be mistaken, but uh, he said, "How can we make money when we have fighters taking any fight at any given time?" Well, Hamza Shemaev is that guy, and he's a superstar, right? He, it's not because he's. I mean, it is because he's fighting everybody. It is because he's fighting at any given time, but he's doing it like within a week. Right, he's fighting twice within a week, and he's destroying everybody. And also, everybody loves his personality. He's also an amazingly great grappler in the sport. He's only 26 years old. Was at nine professional fights. It's insane, right? And Leon Edwards shot himself not only in the foot, but like he shot himself all over the place. He turned down so many fights. He turned down, I think he turned down Stephen Thompson, if I'm not wrong. But I know he turned down Colby Covington, which is crazy. He turned down Kamal Usman. I understand during the pandemic. So that's a little bit understandable. He turned down Jeff Neal and he turned down uh, Hamza Shamaev initially. Like, what did he want? What did he really want out of that situation? Because they gave him, they offered him the number one contender, Colby Covington, and he turned him down, at least according to Errol Hawani. I, I don't understand where his thought process was there because. What the UFC did from there was, you know, I'm just going to take him off the rankings and he's going to be forced to do something because the only thing Leon had to hold on 
was the ring. That's it. He was the number three fighter in the welterweight division. They took that away from him. Now he has no leverage at all. Now he has to fight, and he fell right into the trap. He fell right into their hands. So not only did he not get the number one contender, not only did he not get the champion or any contenders, he got Hamza Shemaev, who is one fight deep into the welterweight division against a prospect who's never de- who's only debuted in the UFC, right? Hamza Shemaev is going from finding a debut young prospect to find a number three contender. And Leon Edwards fell right into it, man. That's crazy. You know what's also crazy? He still has his rank now, or at least they put it back. He's the number three guy again. It's a 100%, 100% intelligent plot from the UFC. They took his rank away, and because they got him to fight Hamza, they gave it back because now they're going to say Hamza is, is fighting the number three contender. If he beats the number three contender, that means a lot, and a lot of casual fans are going to pick up on that. Man, I feel so bad for Leon Edwards. And who would I see winning the fight? I think I think uh, Hamza Shamayev will win the fight. Edwards' takedown defense is a bit suspect. It really is. Uh, looking, back in, uh, looking back at every single fight against a wrestler, he gets taken down a lot easier than some of the stats say, right? His Kamar Usman fight was very, very bothersome. Looking at his uh, future in this welterweight division, man, I think Hamza Shamayev will eventually take him to the ground with a, sol- with a low single leg. Leon Edwards keeps that long, wide stance. He counters really well. He's really got to keep a distance, but up high. Not so much with the kicks and not so much with takedown defense. He engages in clinches a lot when opponents rush in on them, and they rush in on him very well, very easily sometimes. I think Hamza Shemaev will be able to get in there. Also, he has that knockout power as well. So I think Hamza will win this fight, and he's one fight away after that, maybe one or two fights away from getting a title shot. Given how big of a how big of a star he'll be after that, man, he might just get a title shot right off that. Thank you guys so much for the thank you guys so much for the donations. Um, I cannot see them all. Shemaev beats Edwards. Who does he fight next? Thank you, Christian McClintock. Um, I think he should fight Colby Covington because Kamar Usman has to fight Gilbert Burns. Kamar Usman pulled out of the fight. That has to be put together. Have Colby versus the winner of Edwards and Shemaev as the number one contender fight. If Shemaev goes and beats Edwards, that's a massive fight, man. Thank you, Jeremy, for the $5. Ferguson versus McGregor, who you got? I got McGregor. I think he knocks out Ferguson. Ferguson's performance against Justin Gaethje was very, very scary when you think about him fighting Conor McGregor. Think about that. What Gaethje, could, what Gaethje was able to do to Tony Ferguson, what do you think Conor would have been able to do with his counterpunching, with his reach, with his power, with his precision, with his footwork? Right? Gaethje, is a good, Gaethje has really good footwork when, you know, with that initial back step. He's not good at a constant mo- he's not good with constant motion, but he's really good at taking that initial back step. Conor McGregor, man, I think he really gets Tony Ferguson to fall into that dead space that I used to talk about. That uh who was that uh Robin Black used to talk about that dead space. Tony Ferguson shoots uh t- Tony Ferguson probably shoots a big right straight or something like that, big jab that he leans forward with, falls into it, falls right into a left hand from Conor McGregor. So 
Yeah, I think Connor really destroys Ferguson at this moment. Thank you, Daniel Chrisman, for the five dollars. Uh, Raman Raman Kadyrov. I don't know much about him, so I don't know what to say about him. Has Dana by the short hairs? That's why Hamza Shemaev is getting special treatment. It's so obvious. I don't know. I have no idea. Nathan Wicklin. Thank you so much. Uh, don't you think they're pushing him a bit fast, Hamza Shemaev? Well, this is how we find out. Because if he beats Leon Edwards. There's no way we can say they pushed him too quickly, right? I mean, if you beat Leon Edwards, you beat Leon Edwards. You beat one of the best fighters in this division. And even though he's 26 years old, and even though he's 9-0 or whatever, 10-0 in, in MMA right now, if you beat one of the top guys, you're right there with them. I understand that we used to talk about Darren Till, but Darren Till was really competitive with Steven Thompson. When I look back at it, I think I I think I take back a lot of what I said about rushing Darren Till because he's competing with some of the best fighters in the world. He competed very well with Robert Whitaker. He actually got shut down by Tyron Woodley and didn't look really good after that. It really looked like he fell off. He was probably going to fall off heavily, but he fought very well with Robert Whitaker, like we said, at 185. He fought very well with Kelvin Gastelum, two of the best fighters at 185 at that time. And it just showed what I think is he belonged at 185 the entire time. I think that's more of the conversation than what happened at 170. He was killing himself to go to 170. This is his real weight class. But Hamza Shemaev, again, it just, what, it just depends what happens against Leon Edwards. It's the only way we find out. Uh, on paper, I do think they're rushing him a bit quick. He's only one fight in for the welterweight division. He's going to be fighting the number three guy. That's kind of crazy if you ever tell anybody that. But he's a special fighter, man. He's really special. Thank you, Intent Chief. Leon lost to Usman on December 19th. He fights Hamza Shemaev on, de really? fights Hamza Shemaev on December 19th. Could be Leon's uh, unlucky day. Ooh, man. If you believe in that sort of thing, man, that's kind of crazy. They're fighting on the same day, really. Is he going to get ragged all the same way? I mean, he's fighting a wrestler, a dominant wrestler. That's crazy to think about, man. Gus, Gus Cuz, thank you so much. Who do you see winning uh, Josie Aldo versus Marlon Vera? Oh, I really want to talk. I, that slipped my mind, man. Marlon Vera's fighting Josie Aldo, or at least it's in the works. They are capitalizing on Marlon Vera's potential stardom after defeating Sean O'Malley. So intelligent, man. And Marlon Vera, for the longest time, all the MMA fans have been saying for such a long time that Marlon Vera is a legitimate top 15 fighter. But Jose Aldo is one of the best fighters probably in the bantamweight division. He's relatively untested. I think he's, I think he's uh, only defeated. He's not, not undefeated. He's defeated at the bantamweight division, but... I think it's a good fight for both of them. I think it's a good fight for Josie Aldo, Josie Aldo to not fight the top echelon and really start to get the hang of this bantamweight division against a guy who's very well-rounded, good on the ground, good good defensive wrestling in case Aldo wants to use his size advantage, and really good striker, man. Very patient, too. And that should be a very good chess match. And who do I see winning? I, th I think Josie Aldo will win that fight. The actor, man, thank you so much for the $25, man. Big big fan, man. I've been watching you for years. I have a question that goes way back. Cater versus Zabit. 
If it had five rounds, how do you see that going? I personally thought and think Cater would have dominated the last three round, the last three rounds. Yeah, he did win the last round, right? In the three round fight. Yeah, I think Cater would have won. Five rounds, I think he would have won. Zabit was gassing pretty bad. And it doesn't matter how good you are, how skilled you are, how dynamic you are, athletic, how, how just well-rounded you are. If you lose in the cardio department, if you lose the battle of attrition, you're probably going to lose the fight if it's, if you're gassing out in the third round, right? You still got two more rounds to go. But the argument against that is the fact that Zabit was training for three rounds. What if he trains for five? Will he pace himself a lot better? That's the question. But what we know, what we can go by, is the fact that Zabit gasses in, five, in three rounds. So off of that, I will have to say Cater wins. Cater was doing very well in the boxing exchanges. You know, he's one of the best boxers in the UFC, bar none. Uh, Conor McGregor's, you know, who, who can you say is a better boxer than Cater? Conor McGregor, maybe the Diaz brothers. Jeff Neal, possibly. Possibly he still has some things to prove. There's very few fighters, very few fighters in the UFC that can box like Cater. And I've been saying that for a long time, ever since he fought Shane Burgos. One of the best fights of prospects I've ever seen in the UFC. Thank you, Warner. Sup, Weez Sup Weezy. Love your content. Excellent stuff. Trump versus Biden. Three rounds. What's your prediction? Cheers. Uh, I have no idea. Um, they're both old. They probably should just both retire and, you know, call it a day. Gabriel Sessions. That's what I would do if I was 80 years old. Gabriel Sessions. What champ at lighter at a lighter weight class has the best chances has the best chance against a champion from a higher weight class while fighting at the lighter weight? So you're saying the higher weight class champ comes down to their weight class, and you know what smaller guy can defeat the higher weight class guy? Uh, if we count Habib, he's definitely one of them. Uh, he's probably number one. Uh, probably John Jones. Oh well, champ. Well, he's not champ anymore, right? Uh, Adesanya. There you go. I think Adesanya defeats Jan Blachowicz. Either weight. So. We go to the next question. Jack M. How would Habib do against the top 10 welterweights? Now there's something different about Habib if he goes up to welterweight. We've seen him a lot bigger before. Right? When he was cutting a lot of weight. Remember when he fought uh, Michael Johnson? Look back at Michael Johnson and compare him to uh, when he fought. Compared to when he fought, uh, maybe even Justin Gaethje, but really when he fought Edson Barboza, right? The very next fight, he was so much bigger against Johnson. He was so much thicker. His back was so much bigger. He was cutting a lot of weight, man. And I, he looked like a, he really looked like he could make welterweight and fight very evenly with a lot of those guys. So looking at the top ten here, Habib versus Vicente Luque. That's obvious. I think Habib dominates Luke. No need to get into that. Especially no need to get into him versus Neil Magny. I think he dominates Neil Magny pretty badly. Uh, Michael Chiesa dominates him as well. Complete controls the ground game. None of these guys have the striking capabilities to really get Habib off of them for the takedown. And Tyron Woodley, though, on paper, you would think Woodley could do something. But he's lost 14 rounds in a row. Well, really, what, nine rounds in a row? Well, nine, nine rounds entirely in his last three fights against some of the best wrestlers in the division. What happens if he fights Habib now? That's an entirely different level. So I think Habib absolutely dominates. 
<laughs> continues the night the 14 round loss to what 19 Demi Maya that is an interesting one uh let me think about that I think Habib wins the striking I don't think he wants to go to the ground too much with Damian Maia because that would just give Damian Maia a lot of opportunities, right? Even how great Habib is on the ground, nobody deals with Damian Maia on the ground. Like, nobody's able to handle him that well. It would be so dangerous for even Habib to go there. But he's so much a better striker. I think we see K1 Habib out there. I think he starts landing that big right hand, starts uh, chopping down the legs. Damian Maia will never take Habib to the ground. I think it'll be a great fight to showcase Habib's striking skills. He's a lot better striker than people give him credit. Uh, Steven Thompson. That's a polar opposite fight. All right, Thompson's so much better on the feet, but he does not get away from that low single. He has the widest stance I've ever seen, right? And he moves in and out pretty well, but if he takes the southpaw stance, he's really going to get caught by the, by the low single because Steven Thompson fights very different from orthodox to southpaw. And Orthodox, notice he punches a lot more and he counters a lot more. He's a lot more heavy with his punches and his stance is a little bit uh, a little bit different. He's kind of facing the opponent more. He's a little bit more square with his stance. It's going to be harder for Habib to get to the legs. Southpaw, Stephen Thompson, it's a lot of kick heavy, especially that front lead leg. And because of that, it's very heavy. Gives a lot of opportunity for Habib to shoot in on him very quickly. I don't think Stephen Thompson is going to be able to see that speed from the takedown that well before he gets taken to the ground one takedown from habib ends the fight that's it one takedown that's over habib versus jorge masvidal that's an interesting one right uh i go habib so far out of everybody i talked about jorge is by far the hardest fight for habib there so far from number 10 to number four he has really good brazilian jiu-jitsu he was able to defend himself pretty well against uh, Damian Maia. He didn't do much to Damian Maia on the ground, but he was able to defend and not get choked out. That is pretty promising defensively going into a fight with uh, with uh, Habib, should I say. And it's good practice, should I say. It's good practice for Jorge to fight Habib after he dealt with Damian Maia. But I don't think he stops it. I don't think he stops it. I think he gets pressured. He got pressured by Nate Diaz. That's pretty bad. If you get pressured to the cage at all by Nate Diaz, I think Habib is going to get his number, man. Leon Edwards dominated on the ground pretty easily. Gilbert Burns. Now, this is a tough fight. This is where it gets serious. This is where it gets real, man. Gilbert Burns, one of the highest level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu artists in the entire division. Rival, maybe rivals Damian Maia, even though Maia was a better grappler overall when they fought each other evidently but um burns is a much better striker he's very pressuring too so because of his pressure combined with his power significant striking advantages and very dangerous uh brazilian jiu-jitsu off his back or even on top scrambling reversing all that stuff good takedown defense as it is i have to say that's probably the hardest fight for habib gilbert burns is the hardest fight for anybody that wrestles for anybody in that division, lightweight, welterweight, probably even middleweight, he's one of the hardest guys to ever compete against if you're a if you're a wrestler. That's why I think he can beat someone like Usman. That's why I think he can beat a guy like Colby Covington. But 
can he defeat someone like a Jorge Masvidal? No, I don't. It's tough there. I think he might lose to Masvidal. But Burns versus Habib. On paper, I like to say Burns. I really do. I would like to say Burns. But Habib might shock me with his uh, dominant grappling, with his dominant wrestling, be able to transition through that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, through the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu scrambles and come out on top, literally and figuratively. We know Burns has good cardio, and we all know he can go uh, 25 minutes. But can he go 25 minutes on the ground, continuously scrambling and trying to get something off on Habib and take his head off when they uh, engage each other in the striking? I think the pressure will make Habib really struggle in the first two rounds. Really struggle. But man, I cannot doubt Habib if I th if I just go off the fact that he has surprised me with his grappling all the way till now. Even a dom even as dominant as he is, he still surprises me with a lot of what he does. And chill out, Weasel Burns would destroy Habib. He's so much bigger too. I, you know, when you look at it analytically and logically, you can see absolutely Burns defeating Habib. Absolutely. He's bigger. I mean, Habib's a big guy, but I think Burns is a little bit bigger. Of course, more powerful. He's going to be very heavy in the exchanges. Ah, oh, man. Good Burns is overrated. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one for me, man. That's almost a pick em fight for me. I'll go with Habib. I'll go with Habib very, very slightly. Man, That that's an exciting fight. I, I would hope that fight would happen one day. And then uh, Habib versus Colby Covington. I think that's a pretty good win for Habib. Right, Colby's a good wrestler, very athletic, has the cardio to really uh, hold up with Habib at every single exchange, but... When you talk about judo, when you talk about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, people don't talk about Habib's judo enough, right? That can really counter a lot of what Colby comes out there with. A lot of the takedowns from Colby can absolutely get countered by the judo of uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. But what would you say? Colby would probably engage him in the striking and not try to take it to the ground. But Colby could be a pretty sloppy striker. I think he's a little bit better technically. Then uh, Habib is, he throws better technical uh, strikes overall from kicks to punches to knees to elbows, everything. But I think Habib has better reactions. He has better reflexes. He has, he has better eyes. And I think he has better, don't get me wrong on this, I think he has better footwork overall. Colby Covington seems like he has better footwork in, in, in the sense that he moves around a lot. But he's a lot of, uh, a lot of his reactive footwork is forward and back. Habib really knows how to get the better of the position in the cage than most of his opponents. Even against guys like Justin Gaethje and Conor McGregor, I understand it's a lot of a lot. It's a lot of because of uh, the wrestling threat. But even Colby Covington has to be a little bit worried about the wrestling, a little bit. Nobody really shoots takedowns against Colby Covington that much, but we have seen RDA get him to the ground. We have seen RDA get Colby coming to the ground at one point. That is extremely, extremely bothersome going into uh, a fight with Habib. Uh, yes, guys, this is live. <laughs> In, uh, for, uh, for some of you guys asking. And then Habib versus Kamaru Usman. This is the fight a lot of people want to talk about. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. The only way Habib's ever going to fight again is against GSP, probably at 165. But uh, Habib versus Kamar Usman, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say Kamar Usman.
I think he's a, I think he's too strong in the clinch. I think he's a little bit too physical in there. I think he's going to be able to scramble out of the ground if he ever gets taken to the ground. He has a 100% takedown defensive rate. Habib does not. Habib has been taken up by Abel Trujillo before. Habib has had, had to deal with the ground game more than Kamar Usman has defensively. And that's against smaller guys, nowhere near the kind of wrestlers that Kamar Usman is, right? Kamar Usman has much longer reach. He's way more powerful. Five-round cardio. The guy just doesn't make sense, right? He's so powerful, and yet he can last all five rounds so easily. Yeah, I got to go with Kamar Usman. As much as I love Habib, as much of a fan of him I am, and he's one of the greatest of all time, Usman is another level, man. He's a, he's a little bit too big, man. Thank you guys so thank you guys so much for the donations here. Uh by Georgia 2004. Why does everyone overhype Habib's opponents? Iquinta lost to Cerrone. Barboza has been beaten by everyone. Geishi many losses. Izzy has tougher uh tougher wins. I don't well, it depends what you mean by overhype. I think Habib's opponents are very strong, right? His resume is pretty up there, man. Iquinta lost to Cerrone, yes. Iquinta is not the strongest, you know, like, uh, one one of the strongest guys in his competition list, but Iquinta fought him, well, he took the Iquinta fight on very, very short notice, right? Iquinta is also a pretty good wrestler defensively. He has knockout power. Habib had to deal with this different kind of style on what, a day notice, two days notice, or something like that? But you can bring the argument that Iquinta didn't prepare even for a five-round fight, let alone for Habib, and he was preparing for Paul Felder. So I will grant that Iquinta is probably not one of the strongest guys that you could say for Habib, but when you talk about Gaethje, Connor, Dustin Poirier, and RDA, maybe throwing out Edson Barboza, Michael Johnson, yeah, man, that's a, that's a strong list right there. When you're talking about, what, four former champions? Two of them, uh, three of them interim. No, two of them interim. Uh, Conor McGregor and RDA were champions at one point in their careers. They were championship level fighters. If RDA never fight, if RDA never fought Habib, he would have become a champion way before, right? He was in that crazy win streak when he beat down Cerrone the first time, right? He was going on this win streak. He fought Habib in the mid roads, lost to him, and then went on another win streak afterward. Habib was just so much better. People didn't know at that time. Right, when you're looking at hindsight, I think RDA is one of Habib's best opponents to date. And the way he dealt with him was absolutely amazing. Gabriel Sessions, I meant if a lighter champ stays lighter, like if Izzy at 185 fought Jan Blachowicz at 205, at 205, can any lighter champ win that? Love you, dude. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Even that, I think Adesanya beats him. Adesanya's not a big guy. He's not going to cut a lot of weight, but yeah, I think he defeats Blahovich at any weight. Heavyweight, them staying at their respective weight classes. Izzy can cut maybe, maybe another five pounds. I, I think he still beats Blahovich. Thank you so much, Cole. Uh, I cannot pronounce your last name. I apologize. Triple C versus Amanda Nunes. Prediction, please. Um, Yeah. We all know. <laughs> Amanda Nunez, easy. Uh, crazy HD vids. CC got taken down like three times by RDA. Habib, easy. There you go. Like, if you're getting taken down by RDA that easily, that's not good. That's not good going up against uh, Habib. We're going to do a couple more questions here. I cannot believe it's almost an hour. 
wow time has flown by flew by um first podcast live so it's a little bit different for me um wow that is that is the fastest hour i'm still i'm shocked that's the fastest hour of my lifetime well we're gonna go to the stats life production we're gonna carry on here number one where do we where do you see yourself in five years okay very interesting stats life production always asking these uh very interesting ones where do i see myself in five years i don't really think that far um really all okay when i think about life goals and whatever it is number one i want to see myself potentially in the ufc potentially i still have the dream of competing i still have the dream of eventually get of course ufc becoming champion fighting certain guys in in your career are things any martial artist that wants to engage in a competitive career wants in their lifetime um that is definitely one of them in five years i hope i can call myself one day i was in the ufc at least at least that that would that would fulfill a lot of my uh of my dreams um other things you know just as long as i can help my family that's all i care about there's nothing else number two can you talk about your mma training regimen right now not much um i haven't gone to any gym for what a year now almost a year since the pandemic i'm not i'm not going to a gym if I have to wear a mask and stuff like that, it makes it very awkward. Um, and a lot of them are still closed. A lot of them are taking a lot of, you know, restrictive uh, capacities and stuff like that. It's not it's not comfortable. So I'd rather just train in my backyard, invite people over who want to spar with me or anything like that. It's a lot of fun. So I, had a, I have a heavy bag in my backyard. I had it installed like a couple months ago. A lot of good work on that. It's 180 pounds. Really start hitting that and spar sometimes in my backyard which is very very ghetto-ish in a way i guess you would say a very uh old school thing i used to do all the time when i was younger but it brings back a lot of memories and other than that shadow box and learn from breakdowns i'm actually doing more i guess mental training than anything else i'm watching different fights i'm watching old fights new fights all the time and i have been recently looking at some other analysts and see what they're saying about older fights so that helps a lot in my opinion that helps a lot for anybody not just fans not just analysts even fighters i believe if they just watch old school fights and learn consistently i think it really puts another hole in their game or not another hole another wrinkle another layer in their game number three what coach gym would you want to train with the most now i'm a striker by trade i've been doing taekwondo since i was a kid uh and i've been boxing for most of my life so striking coaches are my go-to for us a hobby would be amazing he's a good mma you know head coach but his striking under his understanding of striking is insane man i'm also a bit of a i won't say fanboy but i'm a huge fan of him i'm a huge fan of for us hobby huge fan of trevor whitman trevor whitman you know when you just talk about striking coach uh coaching and striking yeah he's up there right he doesn't have the wrestling of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu down like other coaches do but striking wise i think trevor whitman might be up there with some of the best he's very methodical very calculated just how i like it you know he could really make sense to you logically so i'd probably say trevor whitman is number one or number two on my list with faraz ahabi yeah faraz ahabi does break down street fights that's crazy i can't do that anymore so uh that's kind of unfair. Those are so fun. 
We're going through the last question. The end is near. Very fitting. Uh, predict these Habib fantasy fights. Habib versus Usman. All right, so I already talked. I think Usman would beat Habib. Habib versus GSP in his prime. I talked about that in my last video. I think, uh, I think Habib would win, but it would be an extremely competitive fight due to uh, many of the variables that GSP comes out there with, with his well-rounded game, very good striking, distance work, takedown defense, amazing scrambling ability, great Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it would be a tough fight. A lot of people don't think so, though. You know, I've even talked with uh, some of my friends and they all believe Habib would beat any version of GSP. Any version. I've talked with you guys. I've talked with, I've seen what other analysts have to say. People really believe Habib would defeat any version of GSP. And some of, you know, some people are saying not even that much of a fight. I don't know, man. I really think he can, I really think he would win. But I think he, I think he falls into a lot of problems against George St. Pierre at welterweight. Yeah, at welterweight. Right. GSP of 155, I don't think would cut it. Um, I'll go with Habib, but I do see it as a very competitive fight. Habib versus Gilbert Burns. Again, I think uh, Habib would win, but a lot of me thinks that Gilbert Burns would win. Habib versus Colby Covington. I do believe uh, Habib would win that fight relatively comfortable. And Habib versus Hamza Shemaev. Habib versus Hamza Shemaev? Okay. Uh, 170, I guess it would be at. Hamza's a lot bigger, man. He's six foot two. And he's a heavy guy. Fights at 185 and able to manhandle guys. Like, I mean, I understand John Phillips is not the best grappler, but he's a big guy, man. Able to ragdoll him the way he did. Ah, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one. I got to see more of Hamza Shemaev. If I see him dominate Leon Edwards, and let's say he fights a Colby Covington and dominates Colby Covington, then I'll have a clear answer that Hamza would defeat Habib. Right? He has more knockout power. He's a very strong wrestler, much uh, much stronger, probably much stronger than Habib is. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, Hamzat. Looking in the future, if he defeats Leon Edwards, the way I think he will. But right now, off of evidence, you cannot. it's hard to say not Habib, you know. So, I, right now, I'll say Habib. In the future, I think Hamzat would prove himself to, to be able to defeat Habib. That is the end of those questions, but we have some more uh, some more donations here. Samuel Johnston, thank you so much, man. What do you think of Jeff Chan from MMA Shredded as a Fighter? I don't know who that is. I'm so sorry. Uh, Angelo Aveduto, how do you edit videos so quickly? Uh, I don't. <laughs> At least I don't think I do. I mean, the reason why I wanted to do live podcasts is because I could eliminate the editing process. Editing podcasts literally take like a whole day. It takes like 10 to 12 hours. So yeah, that's a big reason why I wanted to do a live live podcast as well as engage with the, with the audience, engage with the live chat. So uh, maybe after, after fights, you know, I break down fights pretty quickly. All right, I'm going to tell you really how it is. I break down fights when after I watch it, I watch it one more time. And I literally break it down. So the process of getting the audio recording and getting the entire analysis done before I edit the, the visuals literally takes like a half hour. A lot of people don't a lot of people don't believe me when I say that, but when I analyze fights, I literally 
take about a half hour to do that and the rest of like the two three hours or four hours sometimes is editing the visuals so yeah other than that i think most of my uh, editing takes a pretty long time and the the prediction videos take like seven eight hours nine hours maybe and it's you know it's kind of like the same kind of format every single time so yeah and how did you get so good at breaking down videos i had this question earlier um not really not really much advice i can give on that um most of it is just i did it as a i did it out of nowhere just spontaneously and i guess a lot of people liked it a lot of people think i'm good at it and i just kept carrying on analytical minds of course creative minds all that sort of stuff when it comes to the mental aspect of breaking down videos and looking at fights and knowing what you're talking about is a huge component to breaking down fights very well but i think you know if you've done martial arts things make a lot of sense to you man if you've done martial arts for a long time since you were a kid it's an entirely different thing right i've done taekwondo since i was a little kid man when i was like four years old i started doing that got into boxing when i was like what 11 12 ish somewhere around there and ever since you know just kept training so a lot of things just make sense to me thank you so much nathan wickland if you join the ufc will you break down yourself yeah why not <laughs> that would be pretty funny huh will william f hey you missed my last one thoughts on bringing the 162 to 165 pound division into the ufc it's been quite some time since this idea has been visited oh i, I apologize so much if i missed your uh, question you can ask me anywhere else, you know, if I miss it, because there's been a, a lot of scrolling I have to do to look at these questions. Um, I apologize if I miss any of them. You guys don't have to donate. I really appreciate I appreciate it, but you guys don't have to donate at all. Uh, you, can, you guys can ask me on the comment section, on Twitter, whatever, if you guys have any other questions. Um, what would those divisions look like? I think it would be pretty strong, but with Al-Habib, it looks a lot weaker all of a sudden. I don't think it's weak. I still think it'll be like top three divisions of the UFC because you guys, you'll have guys like uh, Colby Covington, Stephen Thompson. You'll have guys like Tony Ferguson. You know, people still talk about Kevin Lee. Uh, maybe he's a little bit different. One sixty-five. There's a lot of really good strong uh, fighters that go to one sixty-five. So I think it's a strong division. I think they should do it, but I don't know why Dana doesn't like it. I have no idea. It's not like it's uh, boxing where everything, where all the divisions are separated by like three to seven pounds or whatever it is. It's still 10 pounds like it's what the entire what the entire ufc landscape looks like but with one more weight class and it makes more sense a lot more a lot more logical 165 175 that's what you have to add on and the last one i'm gonna have to end it after this sheep king who is your dream opponent if you get to the ufc i've always said it was conor mcgregor because uh very similar uh background should i say very similar background very similar with the way he moves i love the way he moves i love the way he fights and i think it would be a treat e losing or winning not in my mind at all but just being across from him and just being able to share anything you know share even punch uh, one punch with the guy i think would fulfill a lot of what i of what i uh strive for <laughs> evan campbell Controversial Izzy, LOL. Yeah, right. Uh, who was that that said that? Skip Bayless? That guy's always smart. So that's the end of the podcast, guys. Very fast. 
Uh, I apologize if I sound a little bit nervous about it because I've never done a live podcast before. I'm literally looking at the chat, scrolling the entire time, and it's been distracting me a little bit. Um, uh, I've been reading while I've been answering these questions, so I apologize if it sounds like I you know, maybe stuttered a little bit, uh, tripped over some words and stuff like that. I'm always very conscious about some of the you know getting getting through a little bit more uh solidly you know so i i appreciate guys everybody that stopped by in the live podcast first maybe maybe this is this is going to continue for other stuff maybe i do a live uh should i say uh was it watch party not watch party but i just watched the fights live with you and do the same sort of thing maybe for the anderson fight with uh uriah hall i do have anderson defeating uriah hall maybe if he has the right approach at 45 years old even, I think he can absolutely defeat Uriah Hall with the necessary game plan of cutting him off with a lot of pressure and using boxing, get in his face, all that sort of stuff. But thank you guys so much for stopping by. Thank you guys so much for the donations, for the comments, for the questions. I appreciate it so much. This is really fun. And you guys make it so much better for me. So I'll see you guys.